Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on. On 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat, and uh, welcome back to the second hour of uh, Tip Today. John O'Byrne was on to us, and John says, uh, why are the representatives on the municipal body so silent in regard to the roundabout on the Care Road? And uh, also, uh, there are many concerns about Cashel at the moment, and they're not being dealt uh, with. Are the local councillors really working for the people of the town? This is John to us today on 083 311 Lots more coming into us on this and I will uh, get back to it. In fact, we will go back uh, to it on the programme tomorrow as well. Now, we're north of the county for this week's village tour. Ali's in Drummondier this week and uh, she'll join us live in the company of local organisations and personalities in just a while. We'll go live to Drummondier in just a little while. But first of all, Ali and John G. O'Dwyer took a walk around Drummondier to find out more about the area and indeed about its rich history as well. The next stop on our village tour takes us north of the county. We're here on the shores of Loch Derg in Drummondier this morning. John, what a fantastic place for our next stop. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's so romantic, just yeah. the two of us here. And we're looking out over the lake and look at the serenity of all that. And, you know, uh, the... Um, the waders there in the lake, the birds, they're around the place. You can hear them as well as that. And we're just here looking across the lake. And it's so wonderful to be here when it's serene. But Drummondier, I think, for people in North Tipperary, which would be interesting, why did Drummondier get to be so well known? And I think if you think of North Tipperary, it's a long, long way from the sea. Mm. So if you were to maybe milk the cows in the evening or whatever in the past, it wouldn't be possible to go to Tramore like maybe you might be able to do down in South Tipperary. So what they do is they'd come along here to Drummondier and for loads of kids in North Tipperary, this was really their season. The beach. The beach, yeah. that was the beach. <laughs> now, the one thing is, it's a pretty stony beach, isn't it? But I suppose if you'd never been in Tramore, you wouldn't know any better. And I remember coming here, and people would absolutely have loved it here. It was in the scene as an exotic place. And of course, it still is, and it's so calm, and all the woods there looking across to uh, Drummondier House and that, as well as that. But if we look back up here then, we'll see... Uh, a tower house and of course I'm always saying this well you call it a castle but it's just a tower house and that was the tower house of the old Kennedys and we're really here almost in a way by kind permission of the Kennedys because the Kennedys were the top dogs up here for a long long time and where did the old Kennedys come from the name well they're descended from Brian Baru and of course, in the past in Ireland, I mean, we take St. Patrick, we never say, well, what is his surname? So there were no surnames, and those only began to come in about a thousand years ago. And the name O'Kennedy came from a fellow called Mahan, and he was a, a nephew of Brian Baru. But Brian Baru's father was called Kineda, and he then called himself Mahan O'Kineda. That is, in other words, a descendant of Kineda. And that's where you got then the O'Kennedys. And, you know, you know, and that's where the surname came from here. So they were very, very powerful then. Initially, what happened was the Normans came into Ireland, drove all the Irish out. But then gradually over time, firstly, they began to integrate with the Irish and marry into them, so the lines weren't so clear. And secondly, then, 
during the Black Death and during bad winters and that, we had a, a little ice age then as well. It forced the Normans back, who were great, great uh, corn farms, and the Irish began to reassert themselves. And the O'Kennedys reasserted themselves. So there's a castle here. Another O'Kennedy castle, of course, is inside in Nina. There's another one down at... What do we call it? Gary Kennedy, the Garden of the Kennedys. So it's all over here. They were really powerful in this area. And then, of course, they spread out through intermarriage and that. They got down to Waterford, down as far as Wexford. And, of course, they came to Dungan'stown down there. And, of course, from there, then, the Kennedys emigrated to the United States. And what I think is fantastic is they were actually a royal family here descended from Brian Baru. But when they went to America, you don't really have royalty in America. But if there is a royal family in America, it is the... It Kennedy's. So history goes a full circle. Isn't that That's fantastic? Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me a bit as well about the history of, of Drummoneer. Obviously, the water always playing a big part in it. The RNLI, of course, a huge part in it. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And what you would say here is, you know, that Lake Wall, you think a lovely and serene there, so nothing could happen. It can absolutely be deadly. And in fact, the, the lake water is more dense. So they say the storms on lakes can be actually worse than they would be in seawater, which is less dense. You can get vicious storms here. In fact, that was proven. And you might be able to talk more about that. When a Guinness boat coming down from Dublin came down through all the canals and was bringing the porter, as they say, down to Limerick and had left Gary Kennedy, which was off down there, and went out into a storm. It was actually being towed, but suddenly a wave just came in and smashed the boat and sank it, broke the tow rope, and that was the, the motorised, they called M45, and that sank immediately uh, there, and there was four people on board and only one survives. So it shows how vicious the lake can be and of course how important it is then that there is life saving on the lake and you can quite easily get, get lost out there on that lake yeah. but it you know but it has been I think a you know the thing to remember is if we went back to early Christian Ireland you know the Shannon we're looking out there, that was what you would call the M1 motorway. That was the easiest way to travel. If you wanted to go from here to Limerick, you could try and walk along rutted roads or have a cart or something. Much easier to get in a boat and smoothly go down there. And so oh, this lake uh, was part of the Shannon scheme. And for years and years, up and down here, there would have been trade. That became huge then when the actual Grand Canal was built, which linked up here with the Shannon and Shannon Bridge, so you could go from Dublin down to Limerick. That's how heavy goods were moved around. And, of course, then... Over there then, we're looking across there, and on the other side is Mount Shannon. And near that, of course, is Inish Caltra, which is Holy Island. And that has seven churches on it and a round tower. And it was a great place of pilgrimage in the early medieval period. You think, well, it's really out of the way. How do people get there? But, of course, the answer is what most people, when they think of a pilgrim, they think of somebody walking with a staff. But, of course, in the medieval period, whether it was going here, this was right at the centre of Ireland, just as Clonmacnoise, which is in a kind of an out-of-the-way place now, was at the centre of Ireland. This is where all the trade was. This is how you could access. But, of course, that backfired on Clonmacnoise and on Holy Island very badly. Because, of course, what happened? The Vikings came in and they said, hooray, we can get right into the centre of Ireland. Up they came and chopped the heads off all the monks and stored their gold. All very sad. But that's it. But they still did, did manage to survive. And most of these monasteries then weren't finally finished until Henry VIII 
and the, 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 the dissolution of the monasteries. Does anything remain now in Holy Island? Yeah, well, there are six churches there still, and there's a round tower. It doesn't have a top on it. I think they never found the top, and now they believe they never got around to finishing it. Right. Maybe the Vikings arrived at that stage, whatever, yeah, because yeah, it's 10th or 11th century, so that kind of thing. But you wouldn't want to think the Vikings were all the bad guys. The Irish were quite capable of chopping heads off as well as that. But it is, and they're putting a visitor centre over at Mount Shannon, and it can be accessed from the Clare side. But what I'd love to see is more, getting more, I know there's leisure boats here, yeah. but you know that when you go up to Loch Erne, we'd be able to get in a boat and go across to Mount Shannon. I think we might look at, you know, we might subsidise it initially, that, you know, we start, you, you know, the interesting thing is above and Loch, uh, there on the Northern Ireland tourist board that we were looking at at uh, Loch Erne. And, you know, we were just talking like this. The next thing a boat came in, what's that? That's the postman. He's coming oh. in. That's how they do things. So they take things around like that. I'd love to see the lake. We haven't used it fully. More accessible, more people getting out in the water and maybe transport around the lake as well as that that you know would be subsidized initially but that you could go straight across link up in other words rather than having that huge barrier with the other side yeah. obviously it's a huge draw for tourism as well that hasn't diminished really has it no I, I wouldn't say so there was problems with the pollution and that but i think it's very much um you know it's very for a safe you go up there there is one of the most wonderful i think yacht clubs in the world it's one of the oldest yacht clubs in the world it's up here they create activity on the lake but again it's for the specialised sailing people it's kind of niche market here and what I would like to see is that the lake becomes something like that that you know you can get on a boat and go right out and see the whole lake there and you know there's a boat going out here at 11 o'clock it visits this, this and this you can visit and I think it's set up for that because you have Drummoneer you have Mount Shannon you have Killaloo you have Portumna you have all the little towns and villages along the way but uh, this idea of exploring them from water I think, and certainly there's a, there is a new now, I'm involved with ship tourism, and there is a new committee here, and they are working very hard under the chairmanship of the county manager, Joe McGrath, to bring the lake back and make it mainstream. And I think it's one, and those swans beautiful, Amazing. aren't they? Yeah. And you see the two of them, we're coming up to Valentine's Day, isn't it so romantic, <laughs> the two of them there? They're made and for life, don't they? they they made for yeah. life, absolutely. They're not like humans. They're, <laughs> they're made for life, and that's it. So um, if humans are more like swans, life would be a lot easier, wouldn't it? John, as we walk along the arena, I think every village that we've gone to, they can claim a famous sun, and Drummoneer is certainly no different. Yeah, we're up here on the marina, certainly, and we're looking across at the hotel, and that, of course, was owned by the Collison family, and that would be a very strong name up here, going back to the War of Independence. But, of course, recently they have become famous because two of the Collison brothers who came out of here, this, I mean, wonderfully, I mean, they set up Stripe, which I think, I don't know enormous amounts about IT. It's a but payment process. Is, it is indeed, yeah. absolutely. Something like PayPal. They set it up and it was hugely successful and they had, I know whether they're, I don't know if it, there's any cash in being a millionaire anymore. I think they're probably billionaires at this stage or something like that. But they've done enormously well. And coming out of a quiet place like that, it just shows like what with IT, the whole world is so globalised and you, you know, you can almost create from anywhere in the world. Whereas in the past, of course, if they were to do that, they'd probably have to have 
the sad boat and immigration and all yeah. that kind of thing. But the marina is wonderful here and there's a big programme now to invest in this area, to invest in the lake, to upgrade all the facilities for boats coming in and that. So I think there's, you know, there's a huge future here and I always think, you know, that the great thing here, we have neglected it. I mean, Tipperary is an inland county, as everybody knows, but in a way for me, we do have a coastline and this is the coastline up here. We have a wonderful lake with a great tradition, but I think we haven't exploited it fully. Absolutely. And we'll look forward to speaking to some of the local people and groups from here in Dromineer. And we'll do that after the break. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Tip Today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Good morning. You're very welcome to the latest stop on our village tour. This week we're north of the county. We're in Dromineer here on the lakeside on this beautiful Wednesday morning and we have want loads of wonderful great people to talk to and loads of fantastic groups as well. No village in Tip, it has to be said, has let us down thus far. Such impressive work uh, going on in communities right across the county and that's exactly the point of why we're doing this village tour to highlight that fantastic work. The first man I'm going to talk to you drew the short straw this morning, Johnny. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Alison. Good. <laughs> Johnny, you're with Loch Derg House B&B, and of course here in Drummondier, uh, tourism is a huge part of, of industry and income here, isn't it? Absolutely. We're a tourist village, and uh, tour- tourism is really important and uh, kicks off. It's extended year on year, and we have tourism now taking place all year round, but it really kicks off, I suppose, the middle of March and goes right through to the end of uh, October into November, really, mm. and uh, important. Yeah, fishing, tourism, boating, sailing, uh, a lot of different reasons: hiking, walking, biking, and uh, lots to do here. We were talking during the week, and there was something you said that really struck me because part of this village tour, I think, we all maybe have uh, a preconceived notion of what a village is, and that tends to include a church, a GA club, the shop, the pub. But Drummondier is a unique village in that respect because it doesn't fit the mould of what you think the village should be. Alison, it's unique in so many different yeah. ways, and in that way, absolutely, we have a lot going on in Drummondier, but we have a, a small resident population of not much more than 100 people. Despite that, we have a very active two fishing clubs, we have two marinas, we have a boat business, we have a B&B, a very vibrant pub, um, lots of different activities. We have the sailing club, LDYC, one of the oldest sailing clubs in the world. Uh, we have a bike tour business, we have a boat tour business, and all of these are feeding into this small village, which yeah. has very few residents, but a very big transient population. Yeah. And uh, it's a real gem. Yeah. In the off-season then, I mean, do you enjoy the quiet time during the off-season? Are you just looking forward to <laughs> Joe's nodding his head? Or do you like, do you, are you waiting for the bustle of the tourism season again? I think some enjoy it more than others. <laughs> and if you look around, some are happy that there's nobody else around and others aren't. And uh, it depends. Uh, it's a, I love the variety. I love the change. Yeah. And that change is not just a change from season to season, but even during the busy time, it's beautiful to walk down here at night and it's suddenly calm and it's quiet yeah. and you know that the following day it'll be full of tourists and full of people enjoying themselves and swimming. 
uh, swimming is a big deal now since COVID in terms of cold water swimming. You yeah. have different groups come down at different times during the day and uh, all over the lake, but here is no exception. So, And there's plans to develop that even more with the toilet block and the shower block. Tell me what the plans are for that. Well, I understand that the, the plan is there is planning permission to redevelop the toilet block into a, a new toilets and showers and changing areas and more than just a shower block facility but also as a sort of a community area which will help and it'll be much needed and it'll be a wonderful wonderful addition to this area yeah and uh, because this is a much used space and to be able to provide the infrastructure helps everyone and helps every business and makes it uh, just more a more pleasant experience for everyone and when are you hoping to have that in place sir well we all would love it to be in place now and we've been promised time and time we've heard various start dates and we're hoping that it will begin this year and we're hoping that it'll be a relatively quick build but um, I think you're asking the wrong person asking me unfortunately I'm not okay. in charge of that that's a county council yeah. thing. but um, well, we'll be putting the push on it well hopefully yeah. so and push it as hard as, as you can the sooner the better absolutely Johnny thanks so much lovely to talk to you today thanks, uh, Eleanor we might bring you down here as well to talk uh, with Neve as well because of course the RNLI a huge a huge uh, part of what goes on here this year is another special year for you marking tell us what the anniversary is this year it's the bicentenary 200 years that's incredible absolutely I mean under over 144,000 people have been rescued since the inception of the RLI 200 years ago that's a lot of people yeah and our, we celebrate our 20th birthday in, in, on Loch Derg so the, our station is 20 years old so it's it's wonderful and um, the the premise and the um, philosophy of the RLI hasn't changed in that 200 years it's rescue everyone yeah and Neve, when did you get involved I've been involved most of my life since I was quite a young girl yeah I, in in Dublin not down here and when I came down here, I joined the... But I'm involved more in fundraising, and yeah. I'm, I'm on council of the Ornelai as well. So um, we have a, an active fundraising committee, and we, uh, this year, for the third year in succession, we're running a cycle around exposing the beauty of Loch Derg around three counties, and the cycle takes place on the 11th of May. And we have, you know, three, 400 people who cycle mm. on that one day. And it's a big fundraising event, it's a big social event, and we get great cooperation from everybody around, from other sailing clubs, from local people, and uh, generally there's great bonhomie. Yeah. And Eleanor, when it comes to funding then for the RNLI, I mean, obviously this is hugely important, but in terms of government funding, I mean, does the RNLI receive much or anything? No, no, no it's... In no, it's no. entirely yeah, entirely dependent on um, public contributions. That's incredible. Isn't it is. I mean, that's unbelievable. Absolutely. And the donor of our boat, Robert Spear, um, he decided he and his wife decided they wanted to donate a boat to the Ornolai. Um, the Ornolai identified Loch Derg as in need of a new boat, and so he's come over. He's met us for the naming ceremony, and that sort of um, altruism is extraordinary. Yeah. And that's what um, that's the whole foundation. You know, it's volunteers who who man the boats or woman the boats or yeah. crew the boats 24-7, 365 days a year whether they're having their Christmas dinner or whether they're at a family occasion they will drop everything and go to rescue people that has benefited me though because I've had a dinner party <laughs> and my That's painter, a nice excuse yes, my painter's gone off gone out, done the rescue come back wrote up the press release and then sat down to supper and everybody else cooked it oh. for me <laughs> have you any idea how many lives have been saved as a result of the RNLI? 
Um, well, since its inception, 144,000. Oh um, the statistics for ours is, you know, we have about 20 shouts a year and every life is precious. Yeah. That matters to that person. So we do know that there are people walking around today in Nina and the environs who would not have been here had we not gone out to yeah. rescue them. I mean, that's that's very humbling. Yeah. And, it's, you know, it's it's um, we go out to, to rescue people that we've never met before and probably will never meet again. But our objective is to bring them home. And anyone maybe who's listening and who might have it in their head, and I hope they do, to come up to Dromineer if they haven't been already, but maybe, you know, they, they want to donate, if at all. Can they do that for the Unalai? Absolutely. They can yeah. go online and they can um, lock yeah, or unalai.co.uk um, and there's a, a donation page there. Perfect. Um, so you have that event coming up. That's the main one to mark the 200th anniversary. What else is coming up then this well, year? It's not for the 200th anniversary, oh, sorry. there's, a, there's numerous um, yeah. celebrations. The stamp is being printed and it's being published and, and it will be available on the 29th of February. And that's a national and an international stamp. There will be uh, the Round Ireland race uh, supporting the lifeboats and that's on the 22nd of June. There's going to be the ceremony in Westminster Abbey on the 4th of March. That's the actual date of the original foundation of yeah. the lifeboats. And there will be visits to Oris and Uthron. There'll be an event in the Maritime Museum in Dunleary. And there's going to be very whole all around the whole country there will be celebrations fantastic well done on the fantastic work you've done to date eleanor i'll be back to you to talk about the literary festival but first of all i want to go to uh donal where's donal from the tidy towns then donal i'm sure you have a difficult enough job around here particularly in the summertime oh, summer is crazy yeah absolutely we get people from as far away as limerick thurless uh, you wouldn't get parking here on a fine sunday but we're lucky we have a fairly active committee. Uh, we get help from the council during the summer. We have a caretaker three days a week who cuts the grass, and we also get help from local residents who are not members of the committee, but they come out. If we have a work party, they'll turn up. They'll, we do every now and again. We do clean up of the roads coming in. You'd be amazed. We. Would, we could fill five, six bin bags, just out stuff out of the ditches. Mm. I don't know why people come down here with their supermax and throw it in the ditch on the way home. Is it something that's getting worse, do you think? It's getting worse. Is it? It is. And I presume we've uh, McDonald's open now, so we get different boxes. Yeah. But the village itself is beautiful. Amazing. It is you know, we do our best to keep it clean. We keep an eye on development because technically we are a development committee, yeah. including the tidy towns. Um, we improve every year. We could go up five or ten marks each time. So we're, we may not win it, but we're getting there. Well done. And Johnny was telling us about the plans then for the shower block and the toilet block. Exactly, yes. I'm sure that's something you're looking forward to oh, as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And there's planning permission now to demolish the old hotel and it's going to be replaced by a conference centre with more accommodation. So in a year or two, hopefully, That's great. it'll look even better. But, do you know, I always feel like Drummoneer is a bit of a secret, I think. <laughs> maybe for us mountain people down the <laughs> south, maybe. But, I mean, it's it's just incredible here. And it's a shame not to make the most of, of everything you have here. Oh, it is, because yeah. that we have all round, all year round swimmers yeah. here every morning. Yeah. Uh, particularly the ladies, the eight or ten of them come here regularly. We spotted them this morning. They're hardy. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was doing it up to the end of October, but it got too cold for me. Was it? I have to wait till the, the spring comes in. But a lot of people don't know about drumming here. Yeah. Really. Why is that? I don't know. It's. I mean, it's it's on the maps on that, yeah. but people come and they kind of they might only live ten miles away. I've never been to Drumadier. Yeah. You know? The fact that it's included now in this national kind of tourism plan, it's, it's the Hidden Heartlands, I think it falls yeah. under, isn't it? Has that benefited Drummondier? Oh, it has. It has yeah. definitely brought more people in, you know. And as I say, we have a marvellous pub, marvellous food, um, beautiful walks around the area. Um, we have... Oh, what else have we coming... Um, yeah, but I, didn't put that I mean, you've Aquasplash here as well in the summer, which oh, yeah. is a big draw for crowds, oh, isn't it? Is. That brings out yeah. It's beautiful, inflatable stuff yeah. out there. Children love it. Yeah. You could hear them laughing all over the place. And last time um, I was here, I know they were having issues with insurance. Thankfully, yeah. that seems to have been resolved. I think so. Yeah, so They were up, up and running last year again. Um, that brings people out too yeah. because you know parents have to bring the children around so they'll go and have a coffee and they'll go and have a drink while they're waiting. So it just brings activity to the village. Yeah. Well done on all your work to date anyway. Thanks so much for Not having us, Donal. You're welcome. Of course, another big part of Drummondier is, of course, its fantastic sailing community. And we're going to talk to... Uh, what are, what are you pointing out to me there? Neil? A lady going swimming. Oh, Catherine. Lake, yeah. All right, yes, we're looking at her now, the poor woman, and there's a crowd of looking at her going swimming in the lake. Catherine, you're from the Yacht Club here That's as well. Right, How long yeah. have you been in operation here? Um, the Yacht Club is coming on to 200 years. 1835, it was established here in the village. And it has been going ever since. Uh, enthusiasts were sailing on the lake, and then uh, they developed a Shannon One design, a wooden clinker boat, which was 100 years old last year. We had the centenary of that and there were regattas up and down the, the lake uh, celebrating that boat. Uh, wooden boat, so high maintenance. Yeah. But getting back to the, the, the Yacht Club, it is a members club so people can join and um, they can learn to sail. We have adult sailing classes. We also have school sailing, so schools that might want to come sailing, they can look. We, we provide these classes and boats and wetsuits, etc., etc. Um, we have um, the junior sailing in July for members' children who go on to become instructors and powerboat instructors, and the sailors go on to international fame, like Pamela Lee, who did a big transatlantic race last year. She's now a professional sailor. And the Kellehers from the, the roundabout, they become very uh, proficient sailors. So we have a lot of um, uh, young sailors trained to enjoy and appreciate the water, as well as all the adults who we have um, racing, club racing on Wednesdays and Sundays. And we host multiple events, including our big regatta in August. That's our showcase event in August. But we have weekend regattas for participants to come and enjoy the water. So it's a wonderful facilities. It may sound posh being a yacht club, but it is not. It is a, a very all-inclusive all yeah. and it is not that expensive to, to, to become a member and to enjoy all the facilities. We have a beautiful clubhouse and we have beautiful facilities. It's also a fishing club, so we have fishing members and not much fishing at the moment, but it's yeah. getting there. And you don't have to have a boat 
to sail, people are always looking for crews, isn't that right, That's Catherine? That's right. Uh, the adult sailing, you can come down and learn, and then you get to know people, and you can come down and you can crew in the Shannons and crew in any of the other sailboats, and the squibs is another class that has become very popular, and there's people always looking for crew. Yeah. So come in, knock at the door, um, come down on Wednesdays and Sundays in the summer, and just send in an email and yeah. we'll match you up and get you out on the water. And families maybe who come here for days out, can they rent out boats and go out? No, we can't. We don't rent out. There's no day, day not day trippers, but no, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a private club. Yeah. And so, no, we don't rent out boats. Yeah. Tell me the plans then for the year. I mean, tell me the season. For Excuse my ignorance now no, when it comes to sailing. Well, what is the season? Is basically, we start at Easter weekend with yeah. the Mount, called the Mount Shannon Regatta, organised by the Lafroy family, uh, who have been on the lake for sailing for many, many, many years. We have different weekends, like the Mount Shannon, the Corrigines, Goose Island Regatta, the Harvest Regatta for the autumn. Uh, so we have uh, the Just for Fun Regatta, which are weekend regattas where sailing, children... Uh, adults, boats, everything on the water activities. Would that draw in people from right across the country? No, no, it's purely for their members. Right. But the, the regatta in, uh, in August, August is where people come um, from Re and participate. We will be having the Mirror Southerns, that's the Mirror class of boat Southerns, that's the, the Southern Championships here, so that will bring in people from other from around the country. We also have the uh, keelboat regatta, which are keelboats, they're SB20s, Flying 15s, the Dragons. I love, I love that name, the Dragons. <laughs> the first class to come here for the that event. Come here. Yeah. So they come and they'll have boats. Then see boats coming down the road. Their big boats being trailed down and launched here uh, for the keelboat regatta. And that's a big outside mm-hmm. event. So we do have outside events organised by uh, other... Uh, um, class of boats. Yeah. Is there any other class that is coming? The Optimist will be here soon for training. That's the little ones with their Optimist, the little wooden tub. You see them, little ones in a boat. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and they have a training session coming. The Opti, Opti Sprints, there's like 40 or 50 of them coming yeah. um, soon. And they will be... Uh, out on the water but for people who think it's expensive there's the school sailing and there is adult sailing and there are lots of uh, we have we, we put on we have the inclusion games for disadvantaged or handicapped children mm. so we do try to make it all inclusive yeah Anyone who's looking for more information, how can they get well, that? Just go onto the webpage at www.ldyc.ie and put in the, the, the information and the emails are there. Okay, perfect. Lovely to Thank talk you. to you this morning, Catherine. Thanks for that. Uh, where's Con? He's going to talk to me about the marina pods. Uh, Con, where are you? Oh, here you are. Con, how are you? What's your name? Cronin O'Donnell's my name. Oh, sorry, Cronin. Um, I caught, I couldn't read your writing. (laughs) Sorry, Cronin, tell me about the marina pods. How long have you been around? So we took over um, Shannon Sailing Marina here about uh, three years ago now. And um, we're just, our plan is to just make the place more inclusive and get more people on the water. And I suppose uh, we put a lot of investment in today and that'll continue. But what we need to do is work with local residents and get the tourism up and yeah. get, exploit the exploit the river for what it is and the lake for what it is. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, there is scope for that? I mean, I remember being up in Lockheed a couple of years ago and, I mean, there's an area that knows how to exploit a lake. But Drummondier people, I think, are, um, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, 
I, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, but I mean, they're happy with the space here. I mean, they don't feel the need that they have to exploit it, you know, compared to other areas with lake sites. Well, I suppose just, I'm not a local here and there's probably a lot more locals around here, so I don't want to say the wrong thing. But some people say that we, we don't want to share as much and we kind of want to share um, with... We want to share certain things, and I suppose we don't want we don't want people coming in and ruining it. That's the thing, um, yeah. So it, it, and being exploited, maybe. Exactly, but, yeah. yeah. And everybody just has to be conscious that, like, we have to keep the place tidy and kind of leave no trace behind yeah. us. And like, everybody wants to get on the water and everybody wants to do the right thing. But I suppose companies like ourselves coming in is just about helping to achieve that yeah. and trying to get more people on the water and safely. And tell me how the pod marina would work then. So we generally, we have a marina and we have a workshop. So we um, rent out the berths so people can hold their own boats there. And uh, and then we have a workshop there so we can lift boats out and maintain them for people. Or we can maintain them and people maintain uh, yeah. basically maintain their own boat and all that. So you'd have them all year round then maybe for people who aren't from the area. Is that, is that the, the idea of it? Yes, so essentially like floating caravans. Yeah. So um, we've generally bigger boats. Um, uh, be 12 months of the year business now is what we're creating. Mm. A lot of marine business is six months, but it's kind of six months maintaining. So you can use it for six months of yeah. the year is generally how boats work. Because I know we have an idea of when the tourism season starts and finishes, but even coming here this morning, there's two campers parked up here today. I mean, it's in February. So, I mean, there's no start and end to a tourism season now, really. No, there really isn't. And again, I think some other people around will probably have more information on it, but there's, there was talk about uh, a camper van park coming in as well. So just look at the view here. Like, yeah, yeah. Look, look at the view. Just, it's, everybody, it's amazing. And just, I suppose, everything just has to be thought through and, uh, we we don't want yeah. people coming in and ruining the area either. Yeah. So we all. I know you're, you're talking about being a blow-in as well, but I'm yeah. sure your business, your idea, and you, you've been made very welcome here because of that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Everybody has been very welcoming, and I suppose I was just talking to one person there. Like our gate is closed, but it was unfortunately it was a consequence of COVID. But it's not our gate is closed to anybody. Our gate is always open to anybody who wants to come in, and please do drop in and say yeah. hello. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming down to talk Thank to us today. Anyone looking for more information, how can they get it? Uh, podmarine.com. Perfect. Thanks Thank so you. much for that. Reggie, I'm going to you next, aren't I? Reggie, tell me, uh, we're kind of along the same vein as well, because uh, you lived on a boat here for many years too, didn't you? I did, yes. As a child, I lived in Drummondier on a boat mm. for two and a half years and had a wonderful life. And then, of course, I went to Dublin to get education. And then eventually I came back and I set up a business in Portumna. In, to do with boats in 1979 and got out of that in 2000 and I've been retired ever since. Well, not truly retired because, I mean, you, you are kept busy. You build uh, models of boats now. That would be what I amuse yeah. myself with, yes. So I, my aim is to get to museum quality and some of them, uh, some of my models at the moment are in the um, Civic Trust uh, Museum in Perry Square. Uh, yeah. so on display there. And there's another one in the tourist office in Nina. <coughs> Uh, a model of Shannon One design. I know you're talking there about the Shannon One designs, which are sailed in the yacht club, mm. but this is a, a very detailed model, and uh, gives a good idea of what the boat yeah, looks like. I can imagine the intricacies of that are just mind blowing. Well, the last model I made was 500 hours of work, and uh, it was a very detailed model, and it incorporated nine carat gold in part of it. My goodness. And uh, it was of a very nice American yacht. The yacht was 54 foot long, and I made a, a 1 20th scale. 
So everything has to be one twentieth the size of the full-size boat. Wow. The drawings came from America. Photographs came from, taken, and it was all made from that and put in a glass case. Yeah. And then the icing on the cake was to be asked to go and cruise and go off on, to, it. on it. That's amazing. <laughs> So, uh, so are you commissioned then to do these buildings, or are they...? Sometimes, yes, yeah. and I do, they go for presentations, wedding presents, or, yeah. but I, I do it as a hobby. I mean, I do, I made violins, I repaired clocks, uh, water clocks, all sorts of things, whatever's interesting, yeah. challenge, and um, I like doing it. And uh, we'd love to see more. I know you have pictures you're going to show us there later. We might put them up online um, later for anyone. Is there anywhere online people can go to, to see them? Or you well, were saying they're in the tourist office in Nina as well? Certainly in the yeah. tourist office in Nina in the corner there. And there's the Shanawan designers there. They're also in number two Perry Square yeah. in the Civic Trust Museum. In Limerick. In Limerick, yeah. yeah. And uh, they, they're a wooden clinker-built Irish sailing boats. And um, well, there's, there's down to the detail of the nails showing. Yeah. And the, and my goodness. Wood, yeah, so that that's my entertainment. Oh, listen, every time we go to a village as well, we love to, to ask people who live here what makes it so special. And mm. as someone who has come here, gone away again and come back, what is it that makes Drummondier so special? Well, I've had a, a fascinating life as a child here, running totally wild, living off eels in the lake, you know, running around the dogs, swimming, sailing. and Idyllic. Uh, idyllic, absolutely. You can't do it today. In fact, my parents went off to a regatta and left my brother and I alone on the boat for a week. Oh, my goodness. And he was 10 and I was 11. Now, today, of course, we would be taken into care and my parents would have been prosecuted and neglecting their children. I bet you had a great week, though, did you? Well, I don't think we'll go back into that. <laughs> Is there much of that now, of, of kind of living on boats? Well, yes, there are quite a few people living yeah. on the canals and also there are some living in Athlone and uh, in other parts. But when we were on the boat, I don't, we didn't know of any other family in Ireland who was living on a boat. It was mm. totally unique. And then, of course, education came along and it was difficult yeah. from here. With the price of houses now, I think my, my, a lot of people might be looking at it as an option. It's not all what it's made, made out Really? It can be quite chilly in the winter when there's no central heating. And yeah. You're between... In a, you know, we lived in a, an old boat and she, the decks leaked. Yeah. So we had actually uh, two sides of a, a U.S. Army World War II tent covering each bunk. So when it rained, it came through the decks and ran off the tent and down into the well oh in the middle. Oh, my goodness. And there was no central heating and no heating of any sort in the cabin. Right. So, we, you know, it was a good... But it's uh, given you some great stories. Well, I've had a good life. <laughs> I've, I've had great fun. Reggie, it's been lovely talking to you this morning. Thanks so much. Uh, Joe was here as well from the Whiskey Still. Joe Ryan, how are you, Joe? Good, Alison, yourself? Not too bad. Now, I know we're talking a lot about tourism season. I mean, for you as a business here in Drummondier as well, I know tourism, a big part of your business, but also, I mean, what you provide for the community here as a bit of a hub at the Whiskey Still is, is just as important. All year round, yeah. we're in operation. The four months, probably the summer, from May, June, July and August, they're really you know, full on. Yeah. Um, the winter season is a weekend business, more or less. We're open. We, we couldn't afford to open seven days a week during the winter. It just w wouldn't pay us. Mm. So we open five days a week. Yeah. Has that always been the case? Or, no. You know, we're seeing a lot of pubs in, in rural areas as well closing, so Drummond is no different. 
the fact that my wife and I run the business and are both hands-on yeah. is the only reason it's, in, it's still in operation. Mm. It's just a difficult thing, so you have to be there yourself. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Tell me then about running a business in a place like Drummondeer. A lot of people might say, you, you know, you're starting with an advantage because you, you have that guarantee of tourism every summer. You have this amazing location. But I'm sure you're still faced with some of the same pressures and struggles that other businesses in other areas are, are faced with. Yeah, but the changes have come since 2005 we opened. Uh, we bought the place in 2005 and you had a crash in the economy 2008 2009 roughly and then you had COVID so all those things really do uh, impact you hugely yeah um, our business has changed in that we were seven days a week we used to do lunch seven days a week that's all gone so now we're just an evening business mm. and it's just you you go with whatever is it determines your situation and you do your best you know yeah do you see that changing it's very hard to see a change, and if you, if you think of our our nearest town is Nina, population of about ten thousand. It has fifteen pubs at the moment. It had thirty odd pubs twenty five, thirty years yeah. ago. So everything changes, you know. But you just have to adapt it yourself. Now we're fine as we are because we've got through the hard times, yeah. and we're still there. Um, but it's 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 an ongoing challenge, especially with increase in prices um you know and you have to adapt to that you know yeah uh, in terms of of staff then i presume you would employ local people maybe in the summer so that would also give an added benefit to people in the locality it would um and you have probably a certain amount will go through college yeah do weekends then work for the summer and then do the odd weekend during the winter but they're getting more difficult to find are they absolutely why is that? I've, I've spoken to a number of people about that before. Is it maybe that the work ethic isn't there and the young people or what is it? Next generation don't want to do what we do. Really? No question. It's just a really difficult thing. I mean, you have, you have premises, big premises in Dublin where there's a population. Yeah. Haven't, can't open up because they can't get staff. Yeah. Like, it's a big problem, you know. So I don't know where it's going to end, but... We keep doing what we can do for the time being and keep going, you know. And we have a very good staff and we've been very lucky with that. Mm. So we'll keep going, you know. And all all the best to you. Joe Ryan from The Whiskey Still, thanks so much for talking to us. Uh, Charles Stanley Smith is with us as well. Environmentalist, Charlie, isn't it? How are you? Yes, uh, I'm grand. Yeah, and I've been environmentalist for about 40, 50 years. And it's this lake here that caused me to get into environmentalism because you're looking there, it absolutely it looks pristine uh, area of water. But actually, over the years, early about 40, 50 years ago, it was in danger of going eutrophic, which means it had too much fertilizers and too much phosphorus, too much nitrates. And a campaign was started right up and down the Shannon to protect the, the River Shannon, because mm. the Shannon flows through here. It actually flows over that side of the, the, the Clare side. And uh, that would cause real problems for everybody, not just tourism and so on. And uh, so over the years, we worked a lot of, on this to try and reduce the amount of uh, runoff 
of excess fertilizers into the water, which has been working and is working. It is further to go. There's still a lot of um, water in Ireland which is not up to prestige status, but we're working on it and go on. But unfortunately, uh, the thing that happened is zebra mussels got into the lake because if you were down here 40 years ago, you couldn't see the bottom of the lake yeah. because it had algae growing yeah. in it, which sort of blocked everything out. Yeah. So the zebra mussels got introduced, and the thing is, they eat the algae. So the lake is now clear, yeah, uh, and you can see much further down, which has introduced other things because there's plants on the bottom which never used to have sunlight. Yeah. Now the sunlight's getting down there, and they're growing up. And you get great fronds of, of, of weed out there. So it's not bad. It's not great, yeah. but it's still and a, there. And lots of great so work important done. Yeah. for tourism that we maintain fresh water and lakes like this. Absolutely. This is a unique lake. Yeah. Uh, and, and coming down here in the morning to see that, I mean, it's beautifully smooth now. Yeah. But a clear winter's morning. You can't see anything better. I know. It's beautiful. Charles, thanks for talking to us this morning. Uh, John Fletcher is with Ormond Historical Society. Good morning, John. Good morning, Alison. Now, I know uh, John G and myself uh, were talking about O'Kennedy Castle and stuff, but you were telling me about the castle ruins, which we hadn't touched during our, our historical tour. Uh, yes. Uh, the church ruins, are the, the church ruins, yeah. well, the, it, the church probably dates back probably to the 10th century. I think it's not absolutely certain. It may have, There's a tradition that it may have been uh, built by monks from uh, Inish Cal. Holy Island, more commonly known as Holy Island, yeah. uh, who would have come up and built it. It would have been uh, extensively refurbished uh, probably in the uh, 12th century and uh, obviously had later had fallen, uh, fell into ruin. Mm. But uh, it would have been uh, quite important. And of course, it's now the burial place of uh, a number of quite a, quite a few people, but uh, probably most famous in more recent times would have been Archbishop uh, Michael Courtney, who was uh, assassinated in uh, Burundi, who was a papal, well, he was the papal, uh, he, he wasn't maybe a full papal nuncio, but he was uh, part of that uh, yeah. team and he was assassinated. I think back around 2000, was it or late yeah. 1990s, 2000, around that time. Yeah. Uh, so he he's buried there. Uh, uh, and I know you're hoping maybe to, to secure some funding, maybe to to restore the church ruins or at least to, to protect them as they are. Well, sure, it would be, yes, it would be good to have that. And also, I think, for, for the castle itself, yeah. because the castle is uh, is quite an important, and uh, even for the for the, for the the village, I think it's part of, it, it looks on a, on a picture. Uh, the, yeah. the, the castle, in a way, makes village and uh, uh, you know it was of course uh, a Norman uh, probably the probably not clear but probably from around the 1300s uh, of course the butlers would have built it and it would have gone into the um, uh, they would have been controlled for a while by the Cantwell family who yeah. were tenants of the Earls of Ormond or the Dukes of Ormond and uh, later of course the O'Kennedys uh, probably in the 1400s and into the 1500s the O'Kennedys would have been uh, quite important and would have taken uh, taken control, rest control mm. back again yeah. for, for quite a period of time and of course later again the Cantwells came back for a while and um, then, of course, in uh, the uh, uh, Cromwellian Wars, uh, the, the, the castle was besieged. For just but there was no, there wasn't a shot fired. The the uh, 
the uh, garrison surrendered and uh, were allowed to walk away. Mm. And uh, but the castle was uh, uh, at that time, of course, the Cromwellians would have uh, 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 fired some. It wanted to make it useless for a military purpose, yeah. so they would have damaged it. Oh. And uh, so uh, it's pretty so, much in ruins and we're, since We're then. not short of, of historical stories here. I'm afraid we're out of time, but there is a few people I need to get to uh, just before we go. So bear with me, friend Curry, back in studio. Uh, Rob from e-bikes is here as well. Rob, um, I mean, e-bikes, I mean, you can't have a tourism industry and not have some kind of e-bike or bike rental scheme. And you're certainly providing that there. How has that business been growing? Yeah, so we started up last year and we're offering uh, e-bike rentals and guided tours around the Loch Derg area. Dromine is a fairly key place because, as, as you've just been hearing, there's a lot of history here and beautiful views. And um, it's, the main thing is showcasing the area. And there's a lot of people would be kind of shy of uh, cycling on the main roads around here but uh, I like to show off how many just how many little back roads there are where you can just relax enjoy the countryside and see the beautiful scenery and in terms of renting it out then I, I know a lot of people would be saying how much is it then are e-bikes a bit dearer to rent out or does it matter um, yeah, the, well, um, it's 50 euros for a day or That's 30 euros enough. for a half yeah. day. A guided tour is a bit more. Um, we also do group cycles where there would be maybe four or five people would go out and we'd basically uh, we'd pick a route, we'd explore the area yeah. and uh, that would take two or three hours. And it's a fantastic idea for a day out. I mean, when the, the aqua splash is back open, rent out a bike, take a tour. I mean, that is a fantastic day out for people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we're hoping in, in the longer term even to expand into maybe you could take a boat down to Gary Kennedy and cycle back, oh, that kind of idea. That'd be fantastic. We haven't developed it yet, but we're hoping to watch this space, oh, as they say. Anyone who's looking for more information, where can they get it? Uh, so it's on our website, which is lockdogebiketours.ie. Rob, thanks so much. I wish I had more time for you. Sorry, Eleanor and Judy. Uh, Eleanor, first of all, I know we talk to you every year about the Drummondier Literary Festival. It's been going a long time now and going from strength to strength. I think it, the festival celebrated its 20th um, wow. birthday last year, but um, I, I was uh, one of the founder members and programme curator up until ni- uh, 1917, 2017. <laughs> Does it feel like 1917? Yeah, yeah. Good, good genetics. I look good. Um, but it, it's phenomenal. I was just saying to Judy, I was reading in Mumbai in Bombay at the International um, Literary Festival there and people were asking me about uh, Drummoneer and how big a metropolis it was and I was thinking one they've heard about Drummoneer Literary Festival and B they think it's a metropolis if they only knew um, but we you know it's 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 going from strength to strength it, it honours uh, local writers and um, artists as well as bringing in inter- international writers and artists Joe McNulty is the chairperson at the moment and she's doing a phenomenal job it's a volunteer committee like most yeah. things in the community and we all double job you know we all were if we're not involved in the water we're involved in the literary events so it's wonderful Judy yeah. was one of our artists one year yeah Judy I was talking to her Judy Hamilton is an artist I mean what a better place to get inspiration than here in Drummondier it's absolutely. incredible absolutely and just look out the window and it changes all the time it's yeah. just amazing and winter is nicer than the summer and it's a lovely art creative yes. community here yeah, isn't it it is yes yes yeah <laughs> Anyone who's looking maybe to, to look at your own work, I and mean, you have a studio here, don't you? I have you? a studio, yeah. You, you can just look me up, um, Judy Hamilton Artist, on Instagram or on, on Facebook, or you can come make an appointment and see my work. 
would be great. Absolutely, and it's beautiful. And I have to ask you, because you're one of the, the hardy women who were out this morning swimming. We were watching you as we arrived on. Was it freezing? It was. Um, it wasn't too bad today. Right. But yesterday it was pouring rain. Oh. And the water, um, the, the rain was landing on the water. It was, was actually quite beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> How do you feel after it? Is it as good as everyone oh, says? It's amazing. And it certainly yeah. sets you up. And it's very sociable. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's a fantastic How long have start. you been doing it? Um, I've done it for like two years now, so yeah, not and all, not every day, but nearly. And there's day. a group of, of you that go out every yes, morning. Every morning at ten to nine, there's a group, and then quarter past nine, there's another group, and yeah. Oh, fantastic! It's brilliant. Well, listen, we wish you all the best. Thanks Thank so much you. for having us here. I know, I know, I'm way over time, so apologies, Fran. But that's it from here in Drummondir, the latest stop on our village tour. And if you're listening this morning and you want to highlight the great work and, and great community spirit in your village, you can contact us on Tip Today at tipfm.com. We'd love to come out and visit you. But from here, from a beautiful lakeside Drummondir this morning, it's back to you in studio. And thanks very much indeed, Ali, and thanks to everybody who gathered in lovely Drummondir this morning for that uh, special stop off in our village tour series. News and information is coming up. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery's Garage.ie